0: to episode 31 of Two Guys, One Dice Cup, entitled Next Day Delivery. My name is Al, Goldeneye Unicorn, and I know for sure I'm joined by...
1: McNugget.
0: No. No. Phil, <laughs> Phil from an Ashes Cards. Thank God, Phil, I don't want that, peasant hasn't <laughs> the microphone. But welcome, (laughs) everybody, to Two Guys, One Dice Cup, episode 31, next day delivery. Next day delivery, we are indeed going to be talking about Amazons and the Rookie Coaches section. They are the latest release from Games Workshop with uh, new rules, new miniatures, and fuck, mate, I like them. I fucking love them. Yeah. So spicy. So spicy. I love the overly elaborate uh, positional names that we've got as well excited by that yep. it's your turn to go through the positions as well and rookie coaches Maze balls so... can't wait for that my friend <laughs> um but rookie coaches before we get there before we talk about the amazons uh, which we're both obviously pretty excited about um, myself and phil have been bloody busy a uh, gaming and hobby and uh, i'm not sure i'm not sure about expenditure but i'm sure we'll get to that um but mm. but we're gonna dive head first into On The Games Front and Phil I know you're just hanging out to start talking. (laughs) Yeah so um, if
1: anybody's been keeping an eye on uh, the Two Guys One Dice Cup page uh, the past couple of uh, months they'll have known that we were uh, running the Granite Bowl or I was running the Granite Bowl up in Aberdeen Um, that happened on the Saturday just past the 15th of October um, I had a tough couple of weeks prior to the uh to start in the tournament 'cause uh we had a few folk drop out uh we ended up with thirty players, which was great uh including myself, I had thirty players on the day until somebody didn't turn up on the day oh. um for good for good reason uh they were called into work overnight um do some medical related things so um i I can't begrudge that you know these things happen. Uh, but that did mean that I had to play my own tournament. Um, and uh, <laughs> I
0: d- did I win my own tournament, Al? Um, yes. I think I might have won my own tournament. Yes, you did. Congratulations exactly. on winning your own tournament. But, before all the oos and uh, ahs and the, the boos and hisses start out in podcast world, what team are you using, Phil?
1: Goblins.
0: <coughs> goblins. <laughs> So Oh my god. So what I yeah. what I what I said to Phil and what I want to go with on the record is that it's not Phil's fault he won his own tournament. It is really the fault of the three players that he had to play at a one day event that <laughs> couldn't <laughs> that couldn't beat Goblins. And you lucky listeners and myself, I haven't heard the stories yet, but we're about to hear about those three games. Yes
1: so i'll give I'll give our listeners a bit of context to to the team as well so i i took a team that i thought on paper was gonna be fun enough to play and not hate the entire experience um but also not likely to win the tournament uh by that mean uh i, I mean meant i took two trolls both had brawler um i took nine goblins uh i took a chainsaw with sneaky git and I took morgue so that 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 was my spawny concession was taking morgue because Morg, I thought it would be quite funny I might get like um, most cash or something like that at the tournament might even be on for the stunty cup if I could win a game um, I expected thoroughly the team to just implode we were running the Eurobowl rules by the way so if people want to look at the rules pack and by taking Morg, that meant I only got th- three primary skills to spread across the team. I also only had 2 rerolls. so anybody who knows, goblins not having block everywhere, not having sure hands on anything, the trolls not having anything overly reliable, even brawlers not a, an overly reliable skill, two re-rolls is quite light and no bribes whatsoever. Because I could one, I couldn't afford them, and two, sneaky get meant that I couldn't take them, um, in the Eurobol rules pack. So just, just that that was my thought process there. You know, this team will implode at some point. I might get a couple of casualties in the first half. Yep. Um. So I rock up to my first game, and I'm playing everybody's favourite space wizard, Space Gandalf. Oh. Um. Yes. And he's running corn.
0: I oh, really, I didn't. That's um, actually, I didn't know you played Face um, Gandalf first. Oh, he's such a good bloke. I haven't seen him in yes. years. He's... He he's
1: he's a he's a lovely guy, and he took the 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 reaming that I gave him with the grace of his namesake <laughs> um, man alive. It was hilarious. Um, so <laughs> I, I'll I'll preface both his game and the following game with the phrase. Both of the, my opponents made the mistake of kicking to me first. <laughs> um, so my first block out uh, of uh, so in terms of cor, uh, um, Gandalf Space Gandalf's corn team, he had eleven players and no apple. <sighs> so rest. if it went wrong, it was going wrong. Uh, just off the bat, didn't matter whether he was playing me or any other team. Eleven players with no Apo on a team where you've got as many a v eight plus players is not necessarily a great thing um, high but, risk um my first hit with a troll took out a player like caged a player. um I had a few other things happen. um I got through his um blood spawn uh did knock out one of my trolls fairly early on in the drive. Um so I was I was sort of being kind of pressured and pressured and pressured, and then I had a couple of turns where things just went really, really well. I KO'd a couple of his players, um admittedly with Morg. So Morg was doing some heavy lifting here. Um, and then I had a um Space Gandalf had a, a set of bad dice where he felt a snaked to go for it to park on the ball carrier. Um and that let me basically eight turn grind a corn team with goblins uh for my score in the first half. Um the second half um was um so I think I knocked out four players in the first half and cashed the one in total. Three of his four players came back on Turn eight of his dri- uh, of my drive, for him. Um, and then he had so he was started with ten players for his drive. Uh, which was fine, you know. Like I was still I was on ten players I think at that time as well because I'd lost the chainsaw uh, with it being sent off uh, at the end of the half, or the end of my uh, my drive, and I'd had um like uh a a couple of players i think i had at least one player injured by that point as well Yep. uh so i i was down i was down players did your troll um, come back as well it did event it did for the second half it didn't for turn eight which was fine you know i mean yeah Uh, that that was good enough um i think the second half went reasonably well um for him, you know he'd started removing players. he did the same to me he got an eight uh, pretty much an eight turn drive um which left me with a one turn touchdown attempt with through a teammate uh the ball went in just about the most perfect place it could have gone um I waltzed over, picked it up, handed it off <coughs> to um a player and Morg uh threw it up the pitch it did its three. Uh, without any effort, I didn't have to use more special uh, reroll in the passing. Um, it went; it's deep, three deviated squares or whatever, and I landed in a tackle zone. So it was four up to land in the tackle in a tackle zone, which I did. I think I was rolling. I think I rolled fives and sixes for this entire sequence. Yep. I then made two dodges, and uh go for it to get into the, the end zone to win 2 1. Um, so that was great. You know, I was after that I was thinking, oh brilliant, first round, got my win. Don't have to worry about the tournament now. I'm just yeah. gonna take whatever poundings come to me. I'll end up playing somebody really good um or um somebody who's had a good run in their first game. Uh, and I'll be, and they'll they'll get a, a good game out of that, and smash me, and and go on to play in the in the final. Um, so next up was Ali Ryder. So Ali Logan, who's a Scotsman. Um, I think he's probably better known for playing online, uh, in like Blood Bowl Two and Fumble and stuff like that. Um, but he does go to tournaments and stuff, and he made the the drive up from his neck of the woods to Aberdeen um and he also got corn holds <laughs> <laughs> so, so he was running humans um and he had bench and um i think like my first, he decided to kick to me again which i again I, it was a, a mistake you know like um like it gave it gave me the chance to get some early hits on. I don't think I did much early on. I think I, I KO'd a, a lineman early um and off uh, off the line. But again, like I'm pretty sure that was a troll, not morgue. Uh but then as the game progressed, things just went from bad to worse for him, uh, in, in my drive. And I smashed the shit out of him. Um, he ended up with he had a tackle player, but he couldn't get any purchase on any of my players with it. And then I got a hit on the tackle player with Morg. And um he'd already had to use the um the Apo at that point on a I think it was a guard blitzer. Um and the it had gone into from MNG to MNG, so the Apple had been a bust. So yeah. the, I cashed the tackle guy outright. And he was gone for the rest of the game, which made my drive immeasurably easier. Oh, Hugely you know, like, huge uh, easier without a tackle piece um,
0: sweeping up your goblins. Yeah,
1: yeah, his ogre was not as good as my trolls, um, uh, basically. Um I scored again pretty late on in my in, in my drive turn eight. Uh he set up for the one turn touchdown attempt, which I to be fair, I I ended up kind of uh forgetting that uh you could you could do it with humans um and he failed that he then was setting up i think with about i think he had a full team or maybe 10 uh but i was down players as well um we for his drive and then he swept to one side i hemmed him in managed to get more part to the ball carrier he swept to the other side and scored um, but not after a, a fair amount of work and then I just pretty much did the, exactly the same thing to him as I did to Space Gandalf and uh, three teammate with uh, with Morg to uh, <laughs> to score to win <sighs> uh, and I won that one 2-1 one. Um, <clears throat> so here's me two games in out of the three, two wins uh, there are I think there were two other teams on two, three other teams on two wins at
0: that point. Yep. How how many players did you have overall in the end? 30. Right.
1: So um, I'm sitting top table because um, my strength's schedule was better than everybody else's at that point in terms of my wins um, against their tiering. And... I uh, drew mcNugget in the last round sixty nine mcmarkey mark nugget he was running lizard men so he's... and Bio boy proper proper <laughs> tier one team yes, and there was a lot on there was a lot at stake for this particular round, both in terms of the tournament itself because if mark had won the game he would have won the tournament but also in terms of the scottish championship um which he was quite close to winning if he'd won the tournament i think he needed to uh to win the tournament to guarantee he won the scottish championship um and that did not happen wow it was a ridiculous game for a number of reasons um, I had, so I think there was, uh, well, I scored three three, three, three teammate touchdowns in that game, but I'll, I'll, I'll explain how that happened. Oh my and God. It, it, it makes it slightly funnier.
2: <laughs>
1: so, uh, he, I lost the, I lost the kick again. In terms of i i did not get to choose whether i was kicking or receiving for any of the three games um mark made the right choice of kick of asking me to kick to him um and i thought well okay so he's gonna smash my team up for eight turns which is what i would do in the other thing to a point where I'll have used a bunch of rerolls that I haven't got either 2 rerolls and won't have a legitimate or an easier two te- uh throw teammate and turn eight or won't have the number of players to do it. because uh, 'cause he's got like over he outstrengths me, outblocks me, um even the skinks are uh are good or better than my goblins are in terms of what they, their movement yeah. and um stuff. So he makes a move down the pitch. He gets in a good position. Um, I'm not losing that many players. I think I had a couple of players knocked out at that point. Uh, my trolls had had kind of crapped out once, you know. And then I thought, well, I've got a blitz on the back of the cage here with Morg. I'll do that. Um, I thought, well, I'll do that first or earlier once I've moved. A, I moved a couple of players into position to. Um, screen a little bit, which which was which was a good a good plan, um, and then I thought I'll I'll blitz with Morg, and then I'm going to foul the um um the crocsegar that I knocked on the deck with Morg the t- uh, the turn earlier with the chainsaw. Oh yeah. So I went to I went to blitz with Morg, and rolled a set of double skulls. <sighs> um, and I hummed and hard for a minute. As to whether I was going to reroll that or not, because I hadn't used any rerolls at this point, yep. and then I thought, no, I won't. I mm. won't reroll that. I'll eat it. Oh. Um, he went. He went down. He was fine, but because of that, it let him blitz my chainsaw the next turn, mm-hmm. which he did and removed. So the chainsaw was gone. Uh, so I, at that point, I'm sitting there thinking, fuck. Well, that's gonna be one nil. And I'm already down one player. I've got two players K'd off, uh, KO'd off. I'm going to be starting my drive with less players. Uh, I think then he cashed another player or something like that. Uh, I It got to a point where I had maybe... I think I had about nine players after he scored yep. uh, to take um, a look at uh, at what I was doing uh, in terms of the throw teammate. Um the ball ended up in a good position on the kickoff and I got I was rolling fives and sixes again across the entire throw teammate mate. <clears throat> uh he'd set up um in he'd he'd not set up you know how like if you're doing the throw a teammate you don't do the uh uh like you don't do the everybody across the back line just in front of the touchdown normally you do the one square further ahead so he's got to make more dodges to score yeah and you do some sort well, of little hedge, you do some
0: little hedgehog yeah. deployment thing yep
1: well no just a straight a straight line's fine uh if you're gonna go down that route it's not necessarily the best through a teammate uh uh defense and um there is there are other ones that I would choose, but it's still a viable one. Uh, But he came too far forward, I think, with that, and it allowed me to throw uh, the player over the top of his defence, because I went one square further forward with Morg, and just threw the player over the top. I got the the drift, uh, the uh, the deviation of the ball Mm -hmm. carrier. Uh, I made the landing and waltzed in. So it was 1-1 at the end of the half. What he was not expecting... At the start of the second half uh, was for me to throw a teammate touchdown in my first turn oh no no he didn't he he had not set up to defend against that um my my thought process at the time was if it doesn't go i'd set up to, to to do it but i i knew if it didn't go in a certain way in terms of where the ball went and stuff, I would rethink that and uh, and adjust accordingly. But again, perfect positioning for where the ball ended up. It was an easy waltz across, uh, hand off,
2: pick up, throw in the back of the net.
1: Jobs a good one. <laughs> um. So I'm two. I'm two one up. Uh, that was with a troll. That one.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I'm two one up. Uh, two one up at this point, point. and he's now looking down the barrel of having to score early yep. to to win the game if he wants, or tie the game at 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 best. Yep. But, uh, sorry, at at, at
0: at worst rather. But a tie um, a tie might not get him. have gotten them the tournament win maybe. But at no that point.
1: It, 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 no it it might have uh, given the results of the other games um but he he the ball landed shallow he set in my mind he'd set too many players too far back uh i think if he'd have moved if he'd have just left one skink in the backfield um he would have been fine uh, but he'd left two in the backfield and because the ball was so sh- uh, shallow on the kick uh, it meant that he couldn't get enough players round and he made the mistake of leaving at least a one dice on the ball carrier by running them flush with the uh, the ball carrier with two Soros either side, which meant if I was smart about it, uh, I could easily dodge a, do- a goblin out um, and um, and one dice the ball carrier, basically. Mm-hmm. But then because he'd left um, players further back, he had to make some go-for-its to tie up Morgue, who was in the middle of the pitch uh, and well within striking distance of his ball carrier. If he'd have left his ball carrier one square back, I wouldn't have been able to hit it without a lot of dodging and around prehensile tail as well, because uh, he'd got the Crocs in, uh, pr- protected the back end. Uh, but because he had to make go for it to get somebody onto the onto Morgue, uh, that failed, he snaked that, and it stunned that guy which meant when I three-diced his ball carrier and the ball landed uh, next to Morg as a result and stunned the ball carrier as well, so I had, I now had Morg tying up two Soros, um and the ball on the floor next to the sideline and two goblins that I could use to... or a, another goblin that I could use to attempt to recover that ball. Mm-hmm. I still had two rerolls at this point as well because we're talking turn three or something like that in the second half. So I'm like, right, um, why not? You know, worst case scenario, it bounces and it might go out and ping all the way up the other end of the pitch again and it increases the likelihood of me getting a draw. It might go in a better position for me even then, you know. Um, Waltz straight in after making a dodge, picked it up on a four, dodged out behind another player. So I had the ball. before I'd made that move, I had parked another uh, goblin next to the um, uh, the troll that had been completely unmarked after he'd moved his players forward. Um, and I thought, because I thought, well, if I recover this turn, I, I can't get the ball to anybody next turn, uh, this turn, but I can get the ball to that goblin if he doesn't do something about it. Now, I thought he would go and park somebody on the troll or park somebody on the goblin to make things difficult for me, but he didn't do that. He he concentrated more on trying to uh, get somebody near the, the ball carrier, which he couldn't do because of the, the distance and all the players and stuff like that, and the fact Morgue was in the way. Um, so there's was a little bit of deliberation going there. I think something else went wrong, and I waltzed up the pitch after clearing a path with morgue and handed off to the goblin next to the troll and through the goblin. Out oh of it no and ran and ran in my third touchdown on turn four. So I was 3-1 up at this point. And I was like, well that's it. Worst worst that can happen here for me is a, a draw now. You know yep. I I and I, I would be absolutely happy with that, you know, if he managed to pull that back out. Um and then he I barreled down the pitch. I mean, I was, I should point out when I scored my second touchdown, I think I was on nine players. When I scored my third third touchdown, I only had seven players on the pitch and he had a full Lizard Man team. Mm-hmm. I only caused one casual injury the entire game and that was a Saurus that he apoed and got back. Yep. So he had a full team the entire way through the game. Um, I um, uh, so he he scored. Uh, I think it was in his turn. It must have been his turn six, which left two more turns. Um, I got the ball, kicked to me. It went very deep, so I I couldn't go for the fourth at this point. So I thought, right, I'll just leave it all the way at the back. Um, and he managed to get kind of further forward, but couldn't get anybody on the ball carrier. And I ran the ball over to the sideline um, and thought, right, I'm going to park a goblin on the sideline. If he wants to dive into a cage and push me out or knock me down, uh, he'd used all his rerolls rolls at this point as well. Um, I'm like, well, that's fine. you know, I'll quite happily take the ball going out because the chances are it's going to ping up the other end of the pitch. Um, and uh, yeah, it pretty much went the way I thought it was going to and he couldn't get the ball and score. So it finished 3-2 and uh, I won all three games with goblins. Wow. So, yeah, it was, it was ridiculous. You know, like, I mean, I, I kind of thought like uh, you made a, an important point at the start of this conversation. It was more down to the fact that there was three people who couldn't beat goblins rather than the fact that like, like goblins are brilliant. You know, I'm not saying I'm not a good player because I am a reasonably good player. And I know what I'm doing with stunty teams, and uh, I'm a reasonably good at playing risks and stuff like that. But at the same time, they're still a goblin team. Um, yep. So I, th- I think for me, and if I'm looking at back at that, and in terms of would I do anything differently, probably not, in terms of choosing a team. Um, I don't think you should be expected to completely crap out a team just so that you're playing really badly for four uh, for three games because you've got a shit team. Mm-hmm. Um, that kind of undermines the integrity of your your. Uh, that you, if you're just handing people victories um, in a three day turn, uh, three game tournament, you're probably doing more harm than good. So you need to take something that is playable, um, and I think that is playable, but is it tournament winning? No. no. I think it was it was a perfect storm. Like the threat of Borg and the Chainsaw, although neither of them were completely outright amazing all the way through every game, they definitely <clears throat> had a contribution to play in every game. Um the so that that was that was a factor. The fact I was rolling fives and sixes fours that worst through the a teammate process on every single one of the five ttms i did yep, is was was a, a an outlier you know that's not normally going to happen and then the fact that my team wasn't really imploding either um like very few players were getting taken out until it was too late to actually make a massive difference so uh, yeah it was it was it was hilarious um so yeah and i i came a ball hair away from winning the scottish championship as well by accident wow. <laughs> yeah because uh, yeah <laughs> it would have been uh it would have been if if one result had come in, in another game in a different way i would have would, would have won the championship with that as well which would have been even funnier wow.
0: It sounds like it was, you know, an enjoyable day for yourself, and you know you've also got the added stress—not just of playing the game, the three games, but actually having to TO the event as well. Yeah, so I
1: did have some queries. I had things going wrong. We were using tour play um, for the event, which was was actually really really good and probably made the running of the tournament a a lot easier. And and for me personally, having to play um and was worth the expense uh there was a couple of niggles with it in terms of um some of the coaches couldn't get onto it properly now i'm pretty sure in one case it was a 100 percent user error uh but in others it may well have been uh, um, was that gordon like,
0: like no 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 gordon gordon could use tour play oh, wow wow um, uh, wow i mean that's this uh, i mean this is yeah. this is um, Gwi whatever it is, 19, 1922 who um you know sends random people money on PayPal because he can't work it, but
1: yeah. Yeah, uh, he he managed to put his results in a hundred percent correctly. He actually came second in the tournament. Amazing. Um he was he was runner up. Um and of course like I will quite happily take the tournament win uh on, on a NAF uh, ranking and, and and what have you but I rolled all the prizes down the way. I did not accept the first place prize. Uh, so second place got the prizes that first place would have got. Um, third place got the prizes that second place would have got, etc. Um, I also, because I was running a study team and uh, won the tournament, I would have won the study Cup as well. But the way I'd set up the, the rules pack was that you couldn't win more than one um, category. Uh so the stunty cup rolled down to the next stunty player and I also was joint top scorer at the tournament as well. <laughs> so, so so would have won possibly most touchdowns as well. Um but that went to the person who I uh joint top scored with. So And who was that? Yeah, it was it was uh McNugget. All right. So yeah, so un- unfortunately he didn't win the Scottish Championship. Uh, but um, uh, David McIlenny, who is Lord Garlack, yes. uh won his first Scottish Championship, and it uh, was, to be honest, greatly deserved over the the season. Out of all the people who've been playing in Scottish tournaments this year, his is, uh, his performance has been very consistent, and he's been up or around the kind of top five in most of the tournaments he's played. Then. Mm-hmm. Um so I think yeah, very very well res- deserved for him. Um it was quite a tight pack this year, um as well. Um um exacerbated a little bit by um us including the NAF championships, in which case like uh, Chris Miller Sporin, uh, who won the NAF championships this year, uh, scored six points um in the championship based on that, you know. It's uh, so <laughs> Uh, yeah it was it was a good a good end to the season it was funny everybody seemed to enjoy themselves regardless of the fact that i spawned my own tournament um <clears throat> so yeah it was it was fun it was a good a good end to the season good. how about you
0: al i know you had some tournament
1: based action yes. in another game yes
0: yes yes so um so last time i, I spoke about the scottish open <laughs> and how I finished second overall, but I was first of all the Scottish players, so I, you know, got the maximum Scottish championship points. And then the next tournament was in Aberdeen, it was on the same weekend as you. I sadly couldn't join you for Blood Bowl on the Saturday, but I was in Aberdeen at a bowl action event called Operation Extended Capital, and it was a Tank Wars event, and after the Scottish Open, I needed, I decided I was going to take a break from the competitive sort of driven side and i was going to take a bit of a um you know a nice themed army uh to a tank wars battle uh i went with the, the german army and i used the excuse to take two tiger tanks that they're just they're they're you know i'm sure everybody's seen war movies or stuff like band of brothers or saving private ryan and you know the tiger tank it's the you know, one of the most iconic things the Germans ever created and made and rolled out into into battle, uh, and I got to take two of them. It was fucking amazing. Um, so I was just really going to embrace the spirit of the tournament, and the, the gentlemen that were running it, Donald and Tom, they had stated in their player pack that to be considered for player's choice or judge's choice, that a uh, Forced hard to carry with it a certain amount of history, as in, does your army represent a, a, a historical, you know, force or action that took place within World War Two, and uh, to have a display tray or a display board um, to frame it? Now, fuck me, I'm on record on this podcast and other podcasts and many a Facebook forum. I fucking hate display trays and games game systems (laughs) and you know for those um you know that watch on the blood bowl forums on facebook anytime that a display tray pops up with a team on it comment underneath somewhere asking the original poster can you please post pictures of your models away from the display tray display trays are the devil, they are distraction trays, they are just set up to and I'm sorry if this attacks some people, but more often than not they are hiding an average paint job with, you know wow, wow factor and yeah, they're they're very much a window dressing thing a lot of the time it's like, you know, putting a, a fantastic hand carved oak picture frame on a turd um, you know, type, I yeah. mean, I mean,
1: yeah. I guess, I guess that to to sort of put a caveat on that, like if you were entering a diorama contest, a display tray for something uh, where that is incorporated in it is a good thing to do. You know, like I I want to see that. I want to see something that's uh, thematic or or built in around uh, around it for as part of a diorama. But if you're literally just trying to display a team like I I like show a team and the paint quality of the team you don't need a display base and it detracts from the like you said detracts from the 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 paint job a lot of the time
0: but it's a bad bad paint job but for this one I wanted to you know sort of fly the flag and show my support of the event so I decided you know what it's not that I can't make a display tray. I just don't like doing it I decided you know what I'm gonna I'm gonna give a dig a few things happened within my hobby that let me let me do that. gave me the time to do it. So I threw I threw myself into building a display tray, and got my army ready. Um, didn't have to paint any models for it; they were already you know done and good to go. Did my research yesterday and travelled north uh, on the Sunday morning up to up to the Tank Wars, and uh, there were twenty players. Uh, sadly, we had one dropout. Quite late in the day, um, so that dropped us to twenty-one, and then obviously one of the tos was he—he he was already signed up to play, so he had to take a step back. So we were down to twenty players, um, which I think was actually still really good numbers. Um, you know, to travel up to Aberdeen for a pre-specific bolt-action format, and yeah. so first round. Uh, I got to play a guy from Peterhead, which is the, you know, even further north in Scotland, a um, guy called Gordon, and he was straight up, he laughed at me and said, like, look, uh, I'm really sorry about my accent, I know it's a really, really strong accent, I had to say to him, like, look mate, I've I lived in Aberdeen for four years, you know, I've done the rounds around the area, don't stress it, just, you know, I understand everything you're saying. Uh, he had been playing bolt action for quite a while, but... Um, he had said that he they they'd been playing a lot of the rules wrong because they'd just been playing in their own little gaming group and having a lot of fun. Um, but a new war games club has started up recently in Aberdeen and it's pulled in a lot of bolt action players, including him and his pals. Uh, so they're they're really tightening up on the rules. Um, it was a tank wars battle, and I had I just had my two tiger tanks. I had some infantry a uh, half track with a machine gun and a couple of trucks and stuff, so nothing nothing too you know exciting and then across the field, Gordon's army had a British army. he put down three sherman tanks uh, again, you know history buffs will know that the Sherman was pretty you know um, uh you know very common on the allies side of things uh, a tank known as a Sherman Firefly. So it was the um, up-gunned Sherman tank that just had a bigger gun on it to try and counter the heavy armour that the Germans were putting in the field. Uh, he had a tank destroyer known as a Hellcat. Um, again, it had a, an even bigger gun, purely designed to take out enemy armour. So he had five, effectively five tanks against two. And uh, oh, look, I'm not going to bother getting into the ins and outs of the game itself, but... Uh, one of my tigers, we had modelled it. There's, you know, commanders are coming out of the hatches, screaming orders. There's camo- um, extra camouflage and extra detail on it, um, and I, I always it is a bit of a showpiece because I never thought I would ever get to play with all all my tiger tanks. Um, it performed amazingly. Uh, you know, it killed, killed, so it killed two tanks and mobilized another one. Just blew up a jeep that had an anti-anti tank team in it, um, and it pinned down a whole bunch of infantry. This this tank was fucking legendary stuff. The other tank fired once, missed, then got blown up straight away. Uh, and that's a recurring theme. But as the game wore on, uh, this one Tiger tank that I had just could not fail anything. And it just and it just sorted out the bulk of this guy's army. And um, but he and he enjoyed the game because he said it was a uh, he knew. I sound so arrogant, but he knew who I was in terms of, you know, the experience and gameplay knowledge I've, i come with. Yeah. And he said that listening to me talk through what, what I was doing and he, cause he asked lots of questions, you know, when you know, when I, I, I targeted a Jeep instead of a tank really early on. And I told him, it's like, look in my head, bazooka team and that Jeep is the bigger threat than the tank, you know, hiding, in that forest, so that's why I'm going to attack that first. Um, he was asking lots of questions, like really knowledgeable questions. He's obviously wanted to be a better player. And he said at the end, it's like, like learned a lot by watching you play, listening to you talk and, you know, thank you. Thank you for the game. So it was still, he still gave me a few brown trousers moments, um, especially, especially when that first tiger, you know, when you've only got two tanks and one dies, that's 50% of your tank force dead. And uh, that freaked me out a little bit. Um, but then, pulled on into game two, and I faced an opponent who I've played a good few times before, a guy called Aidan Donahue. And the last three encounters we've had have all been draws, and they've all been really close, and they've all been really, really top-class games. Aidan, I think I might have mentioned him on this podcast before, he's a old-school historical gentleman, wargamer type guy. He's just, I I would play him every, every event, if I could. Um, But he had a Soviet army and uh, they, we we were playing a mission called double envelopment, which is where you have to get your army off board on your opponent's side. And they are trying to do the same thing. So you're, you you can either sort of refuse flanks or you're going to smash into each other in the middle. Uh, and see what happens, and Aiden, with his Soviet army, he had, yep, he had three T-34-85 tanks, he had a, a little sort of tank destroyer called an Su-76, and then he had what's known as an OT-34, it's basically a, a T-34 tank with a flamethrower in the hull, and it's like, fuck it, nightmare. <coughs> and right. he had two trucks um full of uh, veteran troops and so the truck trucks are really really fast in terms of the movement they can do on the table so he had them um, he laid them up he laid the trucks up on one flank uh ready to try and rush off my board edge and uh, and then he started to bait because we nothing started on the board. you actually brought your army on piece at a time, and um he decided, and he we laughed about it because he brought on one of these little tanks, the su 76, and I just laughed at him he's like you're you're trying to you know uh, use that as bait to to bring on one of my one of my big cats, aren't you?" He's like, and he's like, he's just thoughtted. it's like yep i'm I'm dangling the little fish for you." And uh, I just looked at him and went, fuck it, I'm going to go and take that bait. <laughs> I'm going to go. So I rolled one of my Tigers on, fired, missed. Shit. And he started rolling his T-34s on, because obviously there's a Tiger tank now, he's got a target. He kept firing, he kept missing. And uh, I rolled my other Tiger on, and the two of them were side by side, and I just stopped them both there and just started firing, and firing, and firing because he presented all his armor so on one flank all the armor faced off against each other and then on the other flank where he had his trucks uh, oh, like this was a big risk that paid off but it was a road and I had a motorbike with a machine gun sidecar thing so on roads your vehicles get to move extra distance because it's a road so I zipped up this, this um, bike Managed to destroy one of his trucks before it had left his deployment area. Pumped all his troops out so they're on foot. The the flame tank he had rolled forward to destroy it, which was exactly what I wanted him to do because then I had a truck with guys that had anti-tank weapons. They managed to move forward, jump out and destroy that. So he's starting to bleed, order dice and bleed units really quickly now. Um, And this is only like turn, I think this is only like turn two and a half, going into turn three. Uh, So he's starting to lose units quite quickly just because I've, I I took one risk and then he sort of fell into the trap that the risk laid out and then it just sort of spiraled in from there. But uh, the tank battle, the tank battle started to slide to my, my way as well. The difference being is that the Tiger tank has got a super heavy anti tank gun. Um, And to put that into the frame of reference for the listeners, your average T thirty four or your Sherman tank is armor value nine, and obviously to cause damage, you need to um, roll a d six when you when you hit with your gun, roll a d six and add the penetration value of your of the gun itself penetration value of a super heavy anti-tank gun is plus seven so if you're trying to beat armor nine piece of piss Uh, and what's more is that if you if you ever beat the armor value by three or more you get to roll two dice on the damage table and both results apply um so super heavy anti-tank gun if you penetrate on a five or a six you roll two dice on the damage table so It it just all started to to add up. Uh, So, sadly for Aiden, he just bled too many order dice in the early turns, and then that just snowballed uh, really quickly. So, look, Aiden, you know, he he knew what was happening. I'd taken a few risks. He fell for a few traps, and, um, you know, the dice look, it wasn't even the dice. it was just the nature of the game just fell away from him um, so the only the, the, the only thing he actually destroyed in my entire army was the motorbike and sidecar um, everything else got through unscathed so it was an enormous win because the tiebreaker for the tournament was the points value of what you destroyed so for me okay. the you know, everybody effectively had a one thousand five hundred point army. Um, you know, round one, I think I killed fourteen hundred points of his army. Um, he killed half of mine back though. It wasn't you know, Gordon didn't just sort of give in uh, against Aiden. He managed to get some units out of the way, but I, I got like twelve or thirteen hundred points of his army. So I put two really big wins on the board. Um. So it was one of those moments where you're moving into turn three, and you're like, "Fuck, I'm here. To, I'm having fun." But all of a sudden, eh, one of the other players came over to me, and he's like, Ali, Ali, I've worked out. There's five years on. There's five years on two wins." so I'm like, "Yes, there's twenty players going into round three. Yes, there should be at least five, if maybe maybe four or five players. Four or five players on three wins, two wins. Sorry." And so he started asking me what my tiebreaker was. And I just said, I'm not fucking telling you. I don't care who I get drawn against. It's not my fucking problem. Because <laughs> he's just panicking. Mm-hmm. Um, but it turned out I got drawn the last game against a gentleman called Andrew Mackay. And I'll, I'm sure I'll have mentioned Andrew before. Because he's as you know as good a player as I am. He is of the the sort of top tier of the Scottish players as well, and uh, I think all the competitive games we have played against each other have all been draws as well. So we we were laughing at the start. It's like, you know, gentlemen's draw, and we can just sort of sit back and relax. It's like, yeah, sure, whatever. Um, but he had a German army as well. I'm not going to go into the ins and outs of it, but he had oh, it was like a he had he had a one Tiger tank, he had a Panther tank which was um, a little step down from a Tiger, a, a tank destroyer known as a Stug-4. I think it was, the, it was one piece of armour that the Germans made the most of in the entire war. And he had a Puma armoured car, um, again, which has got a really good anti-tank gun on it. Um, so he had a good spread of stuff, and he had good support and infantry in the same way that I did. But the last mission was called Kill the King, and you got extra battle points for destroying your opponent's command vehicle. Okay. And so to, to put your army on the table, uh, it's like instead of having a lieutenant infantry model lead your army, a, a vehicle has to be your command vehicle. And this is where I tripped up. Never, we never knew the missions beforehand. I tripped up because I, I got my command vehicle was just a armor seven half track. <laughs> it wasn't a tank. Um, right. I I had I, I needed to save points because I wanted to get two tiger tanks, and um, I'll I don't think a lot of players knew that there was a set list of vehicles that carried the command ability. It's in a specific tank wars book. So I thought I knew the list was there. So I was like, I'm just going to go shopping on that list. And the cheapest one, yep, fucking ninety point half track. That's that's the one I want. Then when I read this mission, I was just like, you fucking cunt! <laughs> this half track is <laughs> gonna get fucking melted straight away. Um, you know, because I'm, as I said, like it's armor seven. You know, so you know there's super heavy and heavy anti tank guns that are, you know, plus six plus seven to penetrate. It's like, nah and and the half track counts is open topped so a uh, small arms fire can put pins on it and pins obviously affect how well it can move and shoot so uh yeah fucking fucker um and then the last game uh, andrew picked the table and it was actually the table of terrain that i had supplied and uh, it was it was right. quite open <laughs> 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 But we managed, I managed to find a bit of cover to hide it behind, and it hid, and it didn't move. It just hid behind this cover that I was like, no, nah, can't move it. But Andy, Andy's command tank was his tiger. And so, you know, I said earlier, or just just a moment ago that I'd made a mistake in my army list. But when I looked again at how the game had to play out that I didn't want to put my half track at risk So I hit it, but it only costs 90 points. So, and it's only got a machine gun. So it's not really ever going to kill that much. Right. Whereas Andy's Tiger tank costs three, was like 425 points. And it's got a, you know, super heavy anti-tank gun. So if you want to win the game, you're going to have to put, he's going to have to put his command vehicle out there to actually do some damage because he needs that gun to, to work for him. And he, he knew that as well, so it, I was always able to get shots on it. Um, but the game progressed. It was quite a cagey game at the start. Um, as the shots started to fly and the dice started to roll, there was this really odd trend that um, if I was rolling really hot dice, Andy would roll really bad dice. Then it would flick on its head straight away. You know, I I thought in the first couple of turns I had the advantage. I'm like, yep. I've got him. And he he could see it, that it was starting to slip away. And then it just flipped, and the dice started to roll absolute shit for me. Like, I had eight, eight veteran infantrymen charge one of his regular infantry units, so I was going to get to attack first. And in infantry close combat, it's whoever kills the most wins, and your opponent just dies. So I had eight guys charge, um, five of his, and so right. uh, these guys are regular. So I kill them on a four plus. So I pick up eight dice, roll them, and I've only got uh, only killed one guy. One guy, I only kill one guy. And it's like, oh, you fucking cunt! So he picks up his dice. He only had four attacks back, and he killed two. But that's he killed more than me, so my eight guys are all dead. Yep. It's like, Oh you gotta be fucking kidding me on, you fucking can't fuck and he's just like, Woo and it was just that moment that swung again. And then where lots of um leadership checks that were failing on our tanks and when a tank fails a leadership check, it reverses. So all of a sudden all our you know, one of my tigers is reversing away the, the, the fancy tiger that has all the good stuff hobby stuff done on it it's reversing the other tiger tank got fucking destroyed command vehicle and it's like oh you've got to be fucking choking me um so again it's all slipping away and then so the the game is in in the balance at the moment and then the dice started to slide back towards me so my tiger got to move forward he started to re-engage with andy's army started killing a few things I, i pulled a few dice in and then and then it happened so Andy had moved his command tiger towards the center of the board to help provide the leadership to the panther tank because the panther tank had one one pin on it so it needed to do leadership checks to activate and there was a a garage building in the center and i had a little um the german equivalent of a bazooka team in there he was by himself and so because you're by yourself that's extra modifiers to hit anything it's still a bazooka that could do damage and then and andy mm-hmm. god bless him if he listens to this he'll fucking shit chicken Andy rolled a leadership check to activate his panther and he rolled double six and a double six is what's known as a foobar and it means that the crew or the the unit have panicked, and they, the, the potential is there to either run away or or if you roll a certain dice, the control of the unit goes to your opponent, and they get to decide what it fires at. And so as, soon as, as soon as he rolled a double six, he howled, I shit a chicken. I re- <laughs> without even thinking about it, I reached <laughs> over and I grabbed one of his dice out from the pile right in front of him and he started howling at him he's like, I can't believe you're gonna roll it Can? can't because you roll on the foobar chart, and so on a 1 to 3 uh, actually he told me, he laughed and said, now you roll it, that's when I reached over and grabbed one of his dice that's when he started crying that he couldn't believe I was going to try and betray him, but if you roll a 1 to 3 and there's an enemy unit within 12 inches of your unit that just foobarred then control of the unit goes to your opponent, and I'd fucking spun a two or something. And he's just like, oh my god. So, so the Panthers got a medium machine gun in the hull, it fired straight ahead, and wiped out one of his infantry units. Dead. All gone. Fucking. It was just like a meat market. Then I spun the main gun, which was a super heavy anti-tank gun, and I said, I'm going to fire at your command tank. <laughs> <laughs> and I hit it, and I blew it up, and it absolutely went sky high. <laughs> it was at that point, though, that somebody laughed from another table. Everybody was laughing. Oh, I think Andy might have been crying, but... um, Somebody said, it's like, oh, but you, you're not actually going to get the bonus points from that? I'm like, what the fuck do you mean? And on the mission, it actually said it has to be one of your tanks uh, yeah. uh, luckily enough though at the bottom there was bonus points that said uh, you got two bonus points if your own command vehicle was still alive at the end of the game so effectively i denied him two bonus points um denied him two bonus points by the Bar. i got one point for killing the tank anyway and one point for killing the infantry and I think after the game is finished that might not have that might not have um, been needed to win the game. I think I would have won it anyway, but the margin of victory was a lot different. And um it's a, it's an amazing war story when that when that Panzer tank foobard and blew up the command vehicle and absolutely hosed the this infantry unit to death. It was unreal. Um but that was a bit of a longer story than I anticipated. What it did mean, though, was that I won all three games. So I didn't. I just I wouldn't won a tournament, didn't I? I? Didn't expect to win a tournament. Yeah. Winner. Uh, and on top of that, I mentioned that I did uh, display train a little bit of history. I got the Judge's Choice Best Themed Army Prize as well, which is effectively Best Themed and Best Painted. Um, i nice. so was really really chuffed with that. So got a little medal, got a certificate, got prizes, um yeah, pretty happy. Um, and got another big bundle of points for the Bolt Action Scottish Championship. So yeah. No complaints. We are both successful, um successful players. Well done. Well done us. Yeah, totally.
1: Backs well and truly slapped. Yeah. Um yeah, I, I I saw obviously saw your uh, display doily, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, I thought it was pretty good. Yeah, as much as I don't like those things as well, unless they're in dioramas. Um, um yeah, I it did it did work quite well with your stuff. So no, it's
0: it good. good. I mean, I tried to keep it subtle, but you know, it is what it is. But um, I think after after all that gaming chat, we um we should probably just do a really brief sort of on the painting table and and get to the the the
1: the Rookie coaches, the yeah, the monies and then the rookie coaches. So, I'll just quickly overview on what I've done painting wise. So, I painted all the trophies for Granite Bowl, um, by which I mean I did a really sort of decent paint job on the NAF trophy that I walked away with myself, and then whipped out uh, the airbrush and a dry brush to do, <laughs> to do all the other ones that I handed over to everybody else. Uh, but I did mean I painted what seven trophies or something, six seven trophies or something like that. Um, so that that was all right. Um, I painted a couple of uh, custodian guards for a kill team. Um, so I enjoyed painting them actually. I'm, I'm not uh, because I had the, the airbrush out, the dry brush brush. Um, Two of those built. I did. I just thought, oh, "Fuck it, I'll just dry brush these gold and work from there." And um, I quite enjoyed painting them. Uh, they look okay. Uh, happy enough with them. And what else did I do? Oh, I've been working on the <clears> Amazon <throat> uh, team that I've got. Uh, somebody's got me commissioned to do at the moment, so uh,
0: that's still an ongoing process. Uh, how about yourself? Um, for me. Uh, well, I had to build that display tray and gather all the materials for it. It's a little sort of winter yeah. scene with um, traffic poles and all you know, lots of snow. I I made uh, I got some water effect and then I I sort of cut up some stuff to represent some cracked ice. It was though that sort of troops and stuff were going along and the ice is breaking. Um, got you know yeah. threaded um, power lines or telegraph lines, however people think they are. Put some snow on them and you know, different different heights of you know little shrubs and stuff. So it was good, good little challenge to do. I um, haven't done a display tray since oh, I did one for the Goblin team back in six like, seven years ago. Even the, even then, that was a more yeah. simple affair. Um, so now I actually really enjoyed that hobby process um, a lot more than I I expected to. Uh, Black Orc team is finished. I uh, really need to get it photographed and splash it around the internet a bit and then um, post it to the, to the recipient who's waited patiently for it. I'm really happy. How it's turned out, the weathering and stuff is... Um, it, it's appropriate for the models. You no, know, yeah. it's not. I, I don't think it's too over the top. Um You haven't seen any... F- completed photographs of it yet, so that will all happen in the next week or so, and that'll get off the table. Um, and then I was building terrain, because I, as I mentioned, I took a table, a table's worth of terrain up to the Aberdeen event, and I built the MicroArch Studio, um, a Normandy petrol station that I got. MicroArch Studio were one of the sponsors for the Megatron 3000. And they do. They're based in Poland. I'm sure I mentioned that they do MDF terrain. The terrain comes with uh, it's pre-printed with color, you know. So okay. brick walls look like brick walls, uh, and and the quality is just amazing. It is absolutely shit hot. The um, the different panels for the construction just pop out like a jigsaw wood. the the, the cut is that fine. Mm-hmm. And then there is a nice protective layer that you get to peel off, and then it shows you the nice um, colored terrain underneath. Uh, it's expensive, expensive stuff. Um, it was well worth it. It looked really, really nice on the table, and I hope that MicroArt Studio will, um, you know, sponsor a future event for myself. Uh, you know, because they offered me a twenty percent discount to buy some stuff as well and that's what I took advantage of. So um it it took yeah. a long time to build. I mean these these things came with you know, you know I say like there's a wall of a building and it's got a you know a separate window frame that you have to glue in. Then it came with the clear plastic for the glass that you have to glue in also. Uh, you know the interiors of the buildings are fully painted. Um some of them came with functioning doors, the roofs come off so you can put infantry inside them it was brilliant stuff so it was nice to do again, do something a little bit different Um, that's the actual sort of painting and construction side and um, money? money do you want to guess? I, I I only let a little bit of money out of the bag today this weekend, this week Since last podcast
2: Um, Let me think
1: £40 Ah,
0: Look Half of that Really? It's like £23 So I had to buy A a little display tray from Hobbycraft And then I picked up a model Kit So I could get some cobblestone And telegraph poles And and that cost about 16 quid, um, from Amazon, um, so yeah, it was, like, low, low low-end spend, um, I mean, I'm already, I'm already spending for next time, so, I saw a bargain, uh, on a particular online, bricks-and-mortar type shop things that I had to, I had to go for, um, nah. so, so yeah, low-end spend this time, um, you, though, You've been, I don't think you've been as busy buying this time as you were in previous ones, would that be right? Bill?
1: No, no, I think I've probably been busier than you think. Mm.
0: I'm going to have to do a speculative guess of £92.
2: Well that's actually, I think that's pretty close, let me just have a look. Um uh a little bit less.
1: Oh, 87 then. I, I round about sort of early eight um eighty quid sort of eighty-two mm-hmm. pounds or thereabouts, I think.
0: Okay, what's that? What's uh, that been on?
1: So I bought a couple of books. I bought the fourth edition Warhammer Fantasy Battle Chaos Armies uh supplement uh off ebay um i also got from the same era the um um oh balls what's it called it's, uh, it's the heavy metal modeling uh book um i i used to really like looking at uh like mike mcveigh's um um like conversions mm-hmm. and kitbashes and stuff like that in white dwarf and uh I Also, go to things like Games Day and stuff like that, um, and it was just a bit of a nostalgia by that. But it's actually a really, a really cool book um, in terms of the process of, uh, of that side of things uh, from somebody who's obviously very good at it. Yep. Um, so I got that. Uh, I also managed to track down the last remaining uh, Marauder Chaos Dwarf uh, that I needed, uh, the one with the crossbow. Oh, good. Uh, so he was purchased as well, so I have a full uh, bifter of that lot. Uh, and on top of that, I got a Marauder Miniatures Cockatrice as well, the original gangster murder chicken.
0: Gotcha. Right, I remember um, seeing you post off, a picture of that.
1: Facebook group. Yeah, I, uh, I've been keeping an eye on uh those for a while. I actually I bought one a wee while back, um but it was a an impulse buy on eBay thinking oh it didn't have the right wings with it. Uh and I thought oh, I'll pick up the wings separately uh and have never seen wings since. Um so I have I I thought oh fuck it I'll just buy a complete one when I saw this one appear for a good a good value. Uh I think it was twenty oh. quid. You can barely touch them for about 20 uh, about 10 pound more than that on, on ebay so yeah i, I kind of i was happy picking that up um but yeah that, that's about it really um i think we've got a couple of things pending um that i might i might be pushing the trigger on it in the next uh by the next podcast but yeah about 80 quid yes so still reasonably well reserved it's not but, too crazy uh, mate all
0: all old hammer
1: nostalgia stuff
0: yeah oh i suppose a quick explanation because i think i alluded the last podcast of the podcast before that i had a few um shopping carts full you know because the bolt action world team championship was uh or is taking place in spain and i was just waiting until the player pack and everything arrived player the, the full player pack still has not arrived so we're now you know months or a few months since i said those things and um, so that amongst other reasons i've decided to um, withdraw uh, from attending the world team championship Um so i stood down as the bolt action scotland captain because uh, i i don't want to go to spain so i ca- i cancelled oh. all those shopping carts and binned them off um which mm. is you know it's a mixed feelings about it but i'm not gonna bother elaborating it but um yeah i think i think i saved myself about 270 pounds there just in just Um. in new models and other things you know without even taking into account travel and stuff so yeah not the end of the world plenty of bowl action events coming up next year so um when is that one normally the world team championship Normally, it's normally yeah. in May, but they've got it in March this year for other reasons. All right. Well, maybe you could come to uh, UKTC. I can tell you straight off that I cannot. I am um, the oh, the bummer. the bolt action calendar for next year in Scotland alone is just ridiculous. Uh, and something that has just transpired, literally in the past sort of three hours, is that the tournament organizers for the scottish nationals the welsh nationals and the english nationals have got together and created a british championship between Uh. just the three events um you know so the top 20 players at the events get points so if you're if you're first you get 20 second gets 19 third gets you know whatever as you know what i'm saying yeah As as you cascade down, so the player in 20th place gets one point. And, yeah, so over those three events, whoever accumulates the most points will be the British champion. Um, So Mm. that's, I mean, that's, I I actually didn't know that was on the cards. That that has somehow managed to slip past my my radar, because I know all the guys involved, but none of them mentioned it to me, which is good on them for keeping a secret. And then... so that's got me thinking. What do I do? do I want to. Do I want to give it a go. Yeah. It, it would mean attending all three. I don't think you'll be able to do it by just attending two of them. um So I need to give that some thought. It looks. It looks like a good, a good motivator for for players.
1: Yeah, I think that's probably a probably a good a good thing to have and a good thing to attend yep. in terms of the, the three. Uh, it's a nice uh, nice idea yeah, no
0: it looks like it works and and the nationals are always uh always two day tournaments, always five or six games um so yeah they've they've been clever about it i'm I'm quite happy when i read when I read it um at the very least it will encourage some more players to come to the Scottish nationals next year um and if there's more players, and if there's more good players, that means there's going to be more good games being had. So that's that's good for good for our yeah. our own local events, um, and I'm sure that'll spread throughout the, you know, the Welsh nationals and the English nationals. So, anyway, we do ricky coaches. Yes, it is. That was coaches that was a time. really shit segue. Sorry, ricky coaches. You guys have had to listen to a, uh, a lot of us. Um, a lot of myself and Phil talking about how amazing we are at playing games and they, uh, yeah, you know, spending money. But you have finally made it to next day delivery and the uh, Amazon
1: That's it, yeah. I think, um, like people will remember, uh, sort of long term listeners will remember that, uh, in this section, we look at uh, TV 1 million or TV 1000, whatever you want to look at uh league teams uh but also we look at uh, tv 1150 uh tournament team based around the naf championships rules pack uh as well um and we'll go into like myself and I'll blind uh put in our, our separate uh, rosters and don't discuss them uh in the uh in the time between uh episodes so, uh, any reactions that you have here of me telling Al that he's done a, the wrong roster are completely uh,
0: unrighteous. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, uh,
1: I think it's your turn to go through the, the roster this yeah, time. Yeah, so
0: as tradition, uh, one of us has to talk through the, the positionals and, and the like. So, and, and it is, does fall to me. So, hold on to your seat, lads and lassies. This is a roller coaster. So, the Amazons. 0 to 16 eagle warrior lineman line women shot fucked up already yeah fuck it
1: i'll do it do do call them like women uh line men
0: line, line women. women 0 to 16 eagle warrior line women a uh, cost 50000 gold pieces each movement 6 strength 3 agility 3 plus passing 4 plus av 8 plus they come with dodge Primary access is general. Secondary access is agility and strength. And it is zero to two Python warrior throwers. they cost 80,000 uh, gold pieces. Movement six, strength three, agility three plus, passing three plus, AV eight plus. And they start with dodge, on the ball, pass and safe pass. Primary access is general and pass. Secondary skill access is agility and strength. In zero to two, piranha warrior blitzers, 90,000 gold pieces each. Movement seven, strength three, agility three plus, passing five plus, armor eight plus. They have dodge, hit and run and jump up. Uh, hit and run we'll talk about in a little bit. Primary skill access yeah. is agility and general and secondary skill access is strength and then zero to two jaguar warrior blockers 110,000 movement six strength four Ba-pow! agility three plus passing five plus armor nine plus they come with defensive and dodge primary skill access is general and strength secondary skill access is agility Team rerolls are 60,000 gold pieces each, they're classified tier 1, special rules are from the Lustrian Super League and they can definitely get an apothecary. So hit and run, hit yes. and run's the new, new hotness. Um, so hit and run. After a player with this trait performs a block action, they may immediately move one free square, ignoring tackle zones so long as they are still standing. They must ensure that after this free move, they are not marked by or marking any opposition players. So they have to find a free square.
1: Yes. Uh, not not game breaking, but an interesting addition. Um, I guess it technically means uh, you've got a bonus move on a blitz that was that you might not have made. Mm-hmm. Um if it was uh too far away, um, or where you might have had to have rolled extra dice to rush or what have you uh to get safe again. I don't think it's a bad thing. No. Uh, I don't think it's ridiculous. I know folk were losing their shit about uh before we'd actually got the the full rule about oh maybe you can just go straight into um into cages and stuff like that or yeah, it's quite clear that you have to be Uh, unmarked uh, or um, by you not marking anybody and them not marking anybody uh, by the end of your your turn or where where that that one uh, square move so yeah it's not quite as bad as folk first feared Um, so yeah I quite like it it's uh something a little bit different and uh it kind of moves in step with the way that they've been going with kind of making teams a little bit more individual, like the Norse having drunkard and stuff like that and um snotlings and things having low cost linemen, uh that, that that sort of stuff, which is which is a, a nice addition. I don't mind that sort of thing. Um I like the fact that they've changed up the roster as well. Yeah. Um lot we've lost catchers and Rather than having four of the same blitzers, they've kind of split the, them into these blitzers and blockers, and the strength four is nice as well. I think. Yep. Um. We also have no block at the start of a uh, uh, when they, they they're going on. Well, none of the, previously all the blo- uh, the blitzers had block, so now neither the blitzers or the blockers have block to start with. Um. And I think the thrower might be one of the better throwers of the game.
0: Yeah, certainly with the the starting skills they've got.
1: Yeah, even I mean, it's a very easy progression for a thrower. You do as well. We'll talk about skill progression in a little bit, but yeah, I uh, yeah, I, I like it. I like the changes that they've made. The extra move on the um, Blitzer is nice yep. as well.
0: So, do you want to get straight into a league roster then?
1: Yeah, so I mean so I, I'm, I've gone with two blockers, uh two blitzers, one thrower, six line women, three re-rolls, uh one additional dedicated fan, and that's TV's nine seventy mm-hmm. with leaving me with thirty K in the bank, which for me gives um I mean that'll give me at least 20k at the end of a game so I should be able to uh, sorry 50k at the end of my first game so I should be able to buy an apple as a first purchase within a game yep so I think I think um, that that's kind of where I'd be be going with that myself how about you?
0: Um, I have went for let me double check maths I always question my maths. Uh, You have two Jaguar Warrior Blockers, two Piranha Warrior Blitzers, one Thrower, one, two, three, four, five, one, two, three, four, five, six. Six Linos, three rerolls, and then saving the money for um, picking up an Apothecary later on. Yeah,
1: so we've both pretty much gone the same way, apart from I've added the additional dedicated fan to
0: Guarantee 20k. Yep, I never bothered with that. So, yeah, look, you know, I've I've said in the past, and I think recent rookie coaches' sections have kind of struggled with some of the teams, but this Amazon team just fell into place like it was like putting a hand in the glove. It was so easy to do, no issues with the maths, got everything I wanted, didn't have to compromise anything. Um, You know, I like the the price of the Eagle Warrior linos, you know, fifty thousand gold pieces. Um, you know, as this team progresses, I would easily be putting another one of those, so that I've got twelve players. So I've got a bit of a bench. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, no issues with it at all. Really, really, really smooth team.
1: I I think there's, there's yeah I think there's possibly an argument for changing one of the line. Women into uh, another thrower because uh, you've got you've got the money for that, um, but it does give you another more expensive player to replace if things go bad in your first couple of games. Um, but I mean, the way I I, I looked at it, like similar to you and that I would probably I'd buy an apple first and then my next purchase would be another thrower, uh, just to give me. Uh, Two, so I had a backup option just in case um, one of them died. Because with with everything being AV8 plus, apart from the Jaguar Warrior yep. blockers, um, it's uh it, it's an interesting one. So, so I mean, skills I think will be an interesting conversation here. Because, um, like, what what do you see as the the ball carrier at this at this team? <clears throat>
0: you see it was it was a difficult one to try and work
2: that out, and
0: i am you know for the life of me i I would be aiming for the the blockers, the jag warrior blockers, yeah just you know that combination of defensive and dodge um, you know the better armor value uh, You know that. You know when you look at the difference you know the, the the passing skill between the blitzers and the blockers are both passing five plus so you know there's not much else difference going on there um so yeah one of the one of the jagger warriors has got to be
1: yeah i think i would i think i would probably um agree that like because you've got dodge there i mean i mean for me putting skills on things i would block is probably my first choice on blockers, blitzers, and throwers. Uh, regardless, um, just because you want to blodge up pretty much everything as po- as quickly as yes. possible. But the blockers, like it, it, it's tempting to give one of them sure hands, but because you, you probably want to pick up. To, with one of them to reduce the likelihood of you having to hand off to one of them because they don't have access to agility. So they can't take, like, catch, for example, mm-hmm. uh, to make a handoff uh, or a pass more achievable. Whereas the Piranha Warrior Blitzers can take catch because they've got agility as primary access. So, like, it's weird because the, the Piranha Warrior Blitzers can effectively be a an auxiliary catcher within two skills because you could go block and catch because they've got jump up, which greatly increases their mobility um, if they get knocked down, um, and is good for for being a receiver. But I mean, you also can could think, well, maybe I could put wrestle on one of them and make it a sweeper. Um, it's weird. It's weird. I think this is a very there's a lot of a lot of potential builds for this team um because of the flexibility of the whole team um i think the only one with a dedicated defined role is the thrower um and it it could be a ball carrier or a ball shuttle or whatever you want to call it uh, by just giving it block and sure hands um Or you could just go block an accurate and make it a two-up on a quick pass. Yeah,
0: and, you know, usually when we talk about sure hands, it's still got to do with um, a bit of a sort of re-roll management type thing, but with three re-rolls, you know, easily achievable for your starting team, it's not that essential.
1: No, I think I could probably get um, take or leave sure hands. I mean... I think you kind of the the, the blockers are a weird one because they're strength 4 which but they're age 3 and they've got decent movement they've got reasonably good armour uh, they've got defensive so if you keep the two of them together and if you gave both of them guard as well they're great offensively and defensively with each other um, I think it's a, it's a weird one because you kind of naturally want to carry on them because they are strength 4 if you don't take advantage of things like guard and mighty blow uh on the strength side, you're potentially moving some removing some um hitting power from the team. It's yeah. But I I think I would naturally want to carry yep, on those. That guys. was
0: that was my thought. Um and 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 not just mm. because that's that's because that's who's going to be the best ball carrier but if they're ball carrying they're scoring they're getting the spps which means their skill up potential increases you know quicker um and and everything's going to be a planned progression except except maybe for the linos um i would be i probably go a few random general skills on them just to see what came out because they're so cheap
1: yeah yeah, I think I, I would probably do that. I would probably make sure I had a couple of them with Wrestle. Um, but I'd be looking on random for kick or uh, dirty player um, when I bump the roster yep. up a little bit in terms of numbers. Uh, kick kick could also be fairly useful, I think, uh, on a team like this. Um, I think, um, yeah, ran, random, randoms a, like you say, they're going to die reasonably well often because, uh, especially early on, till you get something um, defensive on them, like wrestle or block.
2: Um, I think. Um,
1: yeah, yeah. I think I agree. Random, random would mm-hmm. be useful, but everything else is kind oh, of okay. planned
0: it has to be. Nothing. But for for a league roster. Um, I think Amazon's would be fantastic.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think they've uh, they've got a lot of potential to grow into a decent team, um, a pretty competitive team. Absolutely. I think on the flip side of that, though, I now no longer think they are as good uh, a tournament team as they were in terms of the type of way that you played them. But they are a different tournament team, which doesn't necessarily make them. A bad
0: tournament team now it's a, it's a change uh-huh. in mindset because i think a lot of the old yeah um amazon tournament rosters were you know pretty much set in stone you know and as now yeah. you have to sort of rethink what it was or what it is you can do with them and that's well that's what we should probably progress to next because i think the i think our tournament rosters are going to be pretty similar mate
1: uh, possi- possibly, yeah. So, do you want me to go through
0: mine um, again? Yeah, look, go for it. You're, you're there. Go, go, go.
1: Okay, so two blockers, two blitzers, two throwers, seven linemen. Line women. sorry. Four rerolls. TV 1150 on the
0: doors. We've We've got a variation. I think that's okay. I have gone two jag warrior blitzers two piranha sorry two jag warrior blockers two piranha warrior blitzers one python thrower and then it's one two three four eight. i've gone seven linos four re-rolls three coaches two cheerleaders EV
2: 1150
1: okay Joke. yeah it's not bad.
0: I really liked it. I I uh, was I was really I was really in love with uh, when I wrote that roster. I was really really chuffed with it. What have you gone with skills wise? Because I
1: mean I've literally just chucked block two block on the blockers, uh, two block of the blitzers, two block of the throwers, and a wrestle on the on a line a line woman. Uh, I suppose we should say that they're uh, they're tier one in the NAF rules, and you get seven primary skills.
0: Um, uh, for them, we're not a million miles away at all. Uh, I went um, block block on the blockers, block block on the blitzers, block on the thrower. I went for a dirty player lino and a wrestle lino.
1: Yeah, so I, mean, I guess that's that's kind of more in the in the keeping of one of the ways that the that people used to play. Yes. Um, amazon rosters i mean the biggest shift on an amazon tournament roster now is that you don't have uh, guard spam uh, because you don't have block as a starting skill on your blitzers and the blitzers don't have strength access anymore it's just the blockers and you want them to have block because they're probably going to be your ball carriers because they're strength four so yeah um i think um the old the old guard spam's gone out the window but it also you could still play amazon's as a fouling team um given the the numbers that you've got
0: and and that was my um, instinct when i was putting it together
1: i mean you could dr- you could drop another re-roll and down to th- uh to three and take an extra line women and that would give you uh like a a fourteen-player roster rather than a thirteen-player roster. If you wanted to lean more heavily into the, um, uh, the dirty player side of things, uh, just to just to give you a bit more of a safety mm-hmm. net for being sent off or injuries. When or I was what have you.
0: working out the number of rerolls for this particular team, though, I envisioned there would be a, you know, there would be situations where I would need to use multiple rerolls in a turn um to to make yes. to make scoring happen, you know, without picking up stuff like short sure hands, which we mentioned before, um, trying to work out who's gonna actually score in, in in this sort of tournament format um I would really love to get these these girls on the table and actually get girls and dice to see how they, they really work They've, this amazon roster uh you know it's really sort of caught my attention and i quite like the the miniatures the games workshop have made for them i mean there's there's fantastic miniatures out there anyway but i've I've liked them a lot
1: yeah i mean i was I'm not underwhelmed with them i do like them uh why one criticism of the uh uh g w amazons uh, was that the, you can't really tell the positions apart that easily hmm Um I know there are small differentiating factors. I mean the obvious ones, the Python warrior throwers that have got the snake wrapped around their arm. Uh but the, the blitzers, the blockers are fairly similar. Uh, it there doesn't appear to be a like a size difference in terms of bulk uh for the strength four that makes that obvious or, or what have you. I think there's a visor on on one and there isn't on another or or what have you. So you can tell them apart. It's just it's it's a little bit trickier but i do like them they're not um what you would call a cheesecake pin-up style amazon team which is good because um i don't like that sort of thing at all uh and i think it's a little bit weird uh whereas they are actually athletic sporty looking Mm -hmm. women which is which is good um so yeah, I I do like the team. I think they they've done a good job, a good job on it to an extent. Yep. Uh, what I do like, uh, and we'll talk about after we've talked about how good they are for uh, tournament wins and stuff like that, is the new star players.
0: Yeah, I mean I'll let you dig into them, mate.
1: But but we'll do that after we've uh, we've put a rating on them. Uh, so what? How how good do you think? How likely do you think you would be to win a tournament with these
0: guys? I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go for an eight. I reckon the girls have got it. I reckon they've got it in them to do it.
2: Mm, I don't think they're as high as that.
1: I would say a nailed on six, pushing into a seven. I think it depends on the tournament. I think it depends on the the type of field you're gonna see. They're still gonna get murdered up by dwarves, and dwarves are um like the meta now Mm -hmm. um i know having the jaguar warrior blockers with defensive helps against stuff like guard spam especially with them being strength four as well so there is a slight counter to that but i mean mighty blow and tackle um is an easy counter you know like loads of tackle against dodge is uh, going to chew through that team like it always used to um and like i said dwarves seem to be quite popular in the meta they're, they're one of the stronger teams now but <laughs> not they weren't before of course but you um, didn't
0: bump into any dwarves at uh, yeah. granite ball were you Goblins?
1: there was there was one dwarf team and two chaos dwarf teams um so yeah i was i managed to avoid them um which was uh quite again quite lucky because uh there was a chaos dwarf team and the dwarf team were in the running for the uh, towards the final game as well and uh, they were both on two wins at that point mm-hmm. uh so uh, the chances of me facing them was actually reasonably uh, high uh, but did not happen um yeah i mean i, I don't think these uh, this team could Uh, is incapable of winning tournaments don't get me wrong i think uh in the right hands right circumstances yeah yeah they're they're a good team and uh, i think they would be a a, a fun team to play so i'm looking forward to giving them a go at some point
0: yep same i I truly hope we get the the opportunity sooner rather than later to um to spin these girls out
1: so shall we? Shall I? Do you want me to go through yeah, the if star you could players?
0: delve into the the star player situation. Right. So the the miniatures of these uh, three
1: are all really good. Like like Forge World have really started kind of pumping out some better or more consistent miniatures, as as far as I'm concerned. Uh, so they they look nice. As to whether the, the star players are usable or not is a bit more contentious I guess um and I would er more onto the side of no but I I do I do like the miniatures. The first one is Estelle Levinau, uh the Baroness of the Bayou. Um, and it's she's a weird one. She's kind of like a like a a a good line line woman. She's move six, strength three, AG three up. Uh, PA four up, uh, AV eight up, and she's got uh disturbing presence, dodge guard, loner, and sidestep. So she could be quite an annoying piece. I think she comes in at one hundred and ninety k, uh, which isn't a bad price. And she's got a special rule of one uh, baleful hex. So one once per game, at the beginning of Estelle's activation, choose an opposition player within. Th- Five squares and roll a d6 on two up the chosen player loses their tackle zone and cannot be activated until the end of the opposition's next team turn that that could be pretty useful
0: that is a a pretty special ability Um, especially when it's just you know it's just any opposition player there's no limitation on it you know of a certain strength value etc etc so
1: yeah so if you've got like a, a if if you your opponent has got a cage they've got guard on the corners like it's a common practice um and you want to uh sort of get in there and do your stuff uh i think your strength four blocker has now got a two dice or at least a one dice on the ball you know if if you if you use that which is quite which is quite yeah. nice um I'll go into why I don't think she's worth taking after we've gone through the other ones. Um, but I think, like I say, I think the model's pretty cool. It's something oh. a little bit different. Uh, next up is Glottal Stop, uh, which is a shit name. I don't know what the deal with that is. Uh, I think I think a Glottal Stop or something like that. It's a sound. I, I don't know. It's still shit, whatever it is. But the miniature looks pretty cool. And it's another... If you didn't like the Forge World Croxigore, it's another thing you probably could use as a Croxagore if you wanted to. Um I quite like that one. Uh stats-wise though, movement six, strength six, AG five plus, no passing stat, A V ten, plus, Animal Savagery, Frenzy, Loner 4 Plus, Mighty Blow plus 1, Prehensile tail, Stand Firm, Thick Skull. Um Special rules: Primal Savagery. Once per game, when Glottal fails an Animal Savagery role, it may lash out at an opposition player rather than a teammate. Now that's a little bit interesting, uh, but at the same time, um, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not overly convinced. Nah, with he's this not. One. At, at two hundred and seventy uh thousand gold pieces. There's better options mm-hmm. out there. Uh, I'll go through that again. Again, though, nice model. Um, next one up. It's weird because um, like they've mentioned snake people in. Oh, where is it? Sorry, I'm flicking through the spike book right now. Here we go. Uh, they've mentioned snake people before in Blood Bowl, but we've never actually physically had anything other than. Snake Sanders of the Chaos Renegades, uh, Chaos All Star team in the old editions, where he was just a snake beast man sort of thing. This is actually a pr- a proper snake person uh, called Boa Constrictor, the, the scheming serpent, and he uh, or or they, I don't do it doesn't say. neutral. Uh, uh move- yes. Movement six, strength three, agility three plus, passing four plus. AV9 Plus. Now, this is, a, this is a weird set of skills here. We've got dodge, hypnotic gaze, loader four plus, prehensile tail, safe pair of hands, and sidestep. Wow. So, like, safe pair of hands is a weird one. I, I don't know why. Uh, but, like, hypno gaze, prehensile tail, and sidestep are, are quite annoying um, as a combination. And then his special rule is uh, look into my eyes once per game. If Boa starts his activation, oh, it does say his, uh, so it's a it's a male it's a male snake <laughs> activation, marking a, an opposition player with the ball. He may roll a d six on one, nothing happens. On two plus, the opposition player loses possession of the ball. Boa immediately uh, gains possession of the ball, and Boa's activation immediately ends. So I mean. If you could if you've made a space to get into a cage um at some point, somebody's failed something, you've managed to park him on the, the ball carrier the previous turn. This turn you could be like, All right, well the ball's mine now and then just block everybody away from him and create a new cage right around him. <sighs> Seems like yeah. an interesting one. It's very oh, situational, yeah. but uh so it wouldn't uh it, it wouldn't happen very often but it's something that could shit, shit up some of these game uh again Two hundred thousand gold exactly. pieces i'm um, i'm not sure that there's better out there so i think that that's a good point to, of discussion actually is to talk about the other star player access that they have so they've also got access to acorn at 80k um who else, uh, Grack and Crumbleberry for 250k, Dromedal the White Dwarf for 210, Helmet Wolf for 140, Carla for 210, Mighty Zug for 220, Morg for 380, and Zolkath the Zoot for whatever much that <laughs> one costs. Um, in order of ones that are useful, in my opinion, at 210, Carla, and at 220, Mighty Zug depending on who you're playing against are great choices as far as yep, I'm concerned. I agree. Um and they are they are both better than uh Estelle and uh Boa uh, for not much difference in price. Um I think it it gets down to like well if you've got 190 to spend on Estelle you've probably got 150k to spend on a wizard instead but depends on the game. Um other ones worth choosing, I think, well, yeah, I mean, obviously, if you've got 380k to spend, then Morgan and Amazon team is going to be pretty fantastic. Um, I wouldn't touch Zolkath, Gracken, Crumbleberry. Um, I probably wouldn't bother with Acorn, uh, Boa, Estelle, or Glottal Stop. I'd consider Grombrindal and Helmut Wolf, depending on the circumstances. But again Grumbenre is uh, two hundred and ten k and and you've got Carla, who is another strength for bludging uh ball carrier or additional blitzer um I don't see any point in taking Grubenrell unless you're playing against a, a another more heavily armored team, and in which case, if you've got the extra ten k to spend Mighty Zug's better mm-hmm. So I think that that's my assessment of the star players, and I like I say I wouldn't bother with Saul I I don't understand why anybody would go down that route again. Though a fantastic model. Yep. Love a bit of Zo action. Yep. Yeah. So that's that was on that. Coaches. That's it. Sounds. Yep.
2: I think it's, they're good. It's nice
0: that like we've him. um. we hit on a team that we both agree is good well, easy to put together looks good to use got potential for development got potential for tournaments you know we you know, i just look back at this land that we talked about last episode it's like oh, that was complicated still don't like them
1: yeah i've I've got a hankering to, to play slan um i think next season uh in the when I start playing tournaments again next year, when when tournaments open up again um, up here in Scotland, I think I'm probably going to try and win a stuntie cup with each of the stuntie teams and morgue. Uh, just because I think that's that'd be funny. Um, so that's on the cards for me next next year. But I'm considering taking Amazons to something and I'm considering taking Slant to something as well. Um, Just because I fancy trying some different teams. I've played Amazons a lot online on Fumble um, uh, and I'm pretty comfortable with them. Um, I might take Amazons in the league next year if I don't win the league this year. Um, But uh, I am now six. Wins out of six with Norse, so I don't think I'm. I think I'm still got a good chance of winning the league, um. In which case, I'll be taking another lower tier team. Um, and then yeah, Slan. I've always fancied playing Slan just to kind of get to lean into the more kind of batshit crazy stuff, uh, which I I feel I don't do that often, but I might get to get to do that out of uh playing more stunty stuff next year as well you might be a bit
0: tired of the the morgue throw teammate situation
1: yeah yeah so um uh, that's that's uh that's a valid Mm -hmm. point um so yeah i'll see um i'll see how, how i go next year but yeah amazon's will get a run out in some sort of format for me uh for sure so what are your
0: um what are your best endeavors um, then for next next podcast uh, i suppose oh in fact sorry before we, we wrap, wrap up with that
1: uh i suppose i should give a shout out to the sponsors for uh for granite as well uh just because everybody uh, i got some some nice stuff from from different companies uh, i got uh teams from punga miniatures i got um cases from doc miniature that's a new brand in in the u k um, um and the the cases are actually really nice um i got um a team from fight games who have made a an amazon team uh that that's really cool as well um i got vouchers from mantic uh games um who make all sorts of stuff um what else did i have I'm sure there was other things in there as well but yeah i they, they were they were the the principal sponsors um for the tournament and uh uh thanks very much to them for providing everything for the team oh artist opus for the uh, best paint oh did you well. get a
0: brush set? Uh.
1: They gave me the uh D series dry brush oh, set such a nice um, set. and a texture pad um for it to hand over Lucky to the best dog. Payday, Whoever won that. which is great. That was Amsfeld, uh Ben Smith, uh one of the Murder King League um, guys. Put in paint? He's uh, it was Imperial Nobility. Uh they were I mean, I think I watched his progress with them because I think he nailed them on in about the space mm. of a week, uh, maybe a little bit longer. Uh, but they are actually like, they there were three standout teams. One team transpires was not painted by the person who put them forward, so that uh, I'm glad they didn't. I'm glad they didn't win because that's a pet peeve of mine uh, is submitting things uh, <laughs> where you haven't painted them on the fence. So i found out about that later. Um the another the other team that was up there uh was a black orc team. Uh that was uh painted by a guy called Tom, uh whose NAF name is Caustic Q. Um he uh he did a really good job on them. Um there was some check work in there, there was some interesting stuff uh like little bags of popcorn and stuff like that at their bases and things like that. It was uh it was quite a cool team. Um but Ben's nudged it a little bit in terms of the uh um like the scheme ran really well across all the miniatures. Um and uh it, it looked nice. It was like a really nice kind of presented team um like a kind of gold and white and used an an ogroid uh, thaumaturge converted one of them for the ogre uh which which was which looked really nice as well yeah it was a it was a good team well painted good stuff it was myself and uh gwi 1874 that uh judged that um neither of us uh painted it well i painted several teams that were uh that were in the tournament but uh uh despite winning the tournament, I uh, wasn't callous enough to put myself for it <laughs> for best painted as well. Uh, so uh, yeah, um I think there was three teams that were painted by me in that tournament. Um and then uh I, there was a couple. there was a couple of other good ones. But yeah it was an interesting an interesting kind of best painted and looking forward to kind of maybe kinda of trying to get some of mine and go into more Scottish tournaments next year hopefully getting a best painted in there to add to the, uh, the list of things that are going on the old NAF profile now.
0: So, yep. so best endeavors, good. what are you doing? Well, <clears throat> I've got one more bolt action event to finish the year off. So I want to go out with a bang. So I need to add a couple of things to my Soviet army. And, you know, I think in the past I've maybe been a bit cagey it's saying what I'm painting or what I'm going to take to a tournament, but you know, I don't need to do it this time. I, I need to paint an M3 Stuart tank, so uh, I need to paint at least another sort of twelve infantry with submachine guns. I need to paint another mortar. Uh but that's all within you know, easy, easy reaching distance. Get the to get ready for the event. Um. And then crack on with the uh, High Elf Commission.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah, from
0: it, yeah he um, put it on hold for me because he, he, he was going to be taking it to Malta for Euroball. Whatever happened mm-hmm. um, then the team, uh, what he was going to be using changed. So there was no pressure on it. And he actually said that to me. He's like, if you've got priority on other projects, feel free to, you know, shift your focus onto them. So that was really, really actually quite kind of, <clears throat> quite kind of work to do that. It did mean that I could shift my focus on doing that display tray I Can shift my focus a little bit to get this yeah. stuff done for the event in November. Uh, and I think when we record again, I will have another bolt action tournament to talk about Um, and see how it plays out. So I'll, I think that is all the hobby I want to get done I'm not going to try and push it too much um yeah that should be enough tank and let's see a dozen dozen miniatures let's go with that for you what pressures or goals have you got on yourself um I need to get some more work done on these
1: Amazons um my actual work um has been a bit of a bollock the past uh, couple of months. So uh that's not been particularly helpful both on my time and uh mental health. Um so um it's put a bit of a a hit on painting motivation and uh stuff. So I need to get dug in more on the Amazons. I'd like to get them finished in November. Um thankfully the guy i'm doing them for is aware that obviously i've got a full time job and family and was uh, planning a tournament and stuff like that so he's uh, being a bit more uh, like 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 mark uh, he's being quite relaxed about time frames and stuff which is good um but yeah I'd, I'd like to get more of that done and maybe some other bits and bobs I've, I've been adding to the shield wall as well that I've mentioned before of uh, freehand designs and stuff like that. I think I don't know if I don't know if I did the, I can't remember if I'd done the last one before or the last two before the last uh, podcast or not. Maybe I didn't mention them in the painting thing, but there's an undead one and another goblin one? Um, and uh, that's me up to ten freehand ones now, um, with different factions. So I might do a couple more shields uh, in breaks between. Uh Amazons. I might do a little bit of uh Sisters of Silence for the kill team that I'm hmm. doing as well. Uh a few few different bits and bobs, but the Amazons are the priority. The rest of it's just like palate cleansers and stuff like that to keep me uh flowing and uh and not get too burned out on one particular project. So yeah. That's that's it. I do I've not got any tournaments left in the in the year and um like I said, I'm playing in the Aberdeen League, so I'll have a few uh, league games between now and next
0: podcast as well. That's good. That's good. As I said, I've only got the one tournament yeah. left, and not having the World Team Championship uh, to prepare for in terms of prepping a new army is actually quite nice. Not having to put myself through the yeah. stress of that. And that you know that's one of the personal reasons for for dropping out of it, is that with the, with the lack of a player pack, and that sort of confirmation of the expectation and what's going to happen at the event, you know, I, I'm i not in a position to... I'm, I'm not going to start painting an army, and a player pack's not confirmed. That's just silly. Yeah.
2: Um, yeah. I get that. That's
0: totally. just silly. Um, so, no. No. It, it's a shame, I think, the I think the potential, for the bolt action WTC this year is really, really good, and that you know the venue looks really good, really great. I think the social life around that weekend will be excellent. I think the the gameplay will be impacted quite poorly by the the information that's out there at the moment. So yeah, I, I'm I'm sad to not be going, but I'm I'm definitely not going to miss it. And yeah. um, nice to not have that pressure. Try and churn out another army. Um, you know, to to go for the best painted three in a row. It's like you know what, yeah. I don't need the, don't need the, the hassle of it. Somebody else can work their work their hard to to go and get it. Play it to them. Yeah, well, I guess that's us
2: <laughs> done.
0: That's the end of episode 31, Ricky Coaches. Thank you for listening on to myself and Phil. Uh, next Day Delivery. It was a, a great title. And um look forward to seeing you in the next episode of Two Guys, One Dice Cup.
1: Yeah, I suppose we should give credit nope. to uh, yeah. that uh, hipster Potter boy for coming up with a fucking I name. I wanted to call
0: it... Mm, I can't say it. <laughs>
1: No, Let's just sign no,
0: off. no. Too rude. Let's Tito. sign off there. Bye, <laughs> Rodrigo. Just take care.